MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, April 17th, 2020. Today, Cuomo gives more details on what's necessary to reopen. Michael Caputo is named HHS comms chief. Problems with nursing homes. Possible reinstatement considerations for Captain Crozier. The White House is still obstructing justice. Trump's blame shifting again. Ivanka Trump breaks social distancing restrictions. More issues with veterans and COVID-19. The unemployment claims numbers are out. Uh, The Small Business Association loan program is out of money. And as predicted, means testing for stimulus checks is causing delays. I'm your host, AG, and I'll be joined later by Jordan Coburn and Joyce White Vance. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here solo, uh, but I will be joined by Jordan for the good news block at the end of the show. Um, that is our D block, good news, and it is so essential these days. I want to thank all of our listeners for sending in their good news and their quarantine confessions. Um, it's just it's so much fun to hear from from y'all. And tomorrow, of course, or if you're listening to this on Friday today. Uh, is the quarantine happy hour meet and greet cocktail hour extravaganza. Um, We're still coming up with a theme. I think I've decided on it. I think I've already recorded the good news segment of this show, um, which is coming at the end of the show. And during that good news segment, I think we decided that we're going to go with Dr. Burke's scarves. So what I want you to do for this cocktail hour, um, which we do remotely, all of us, um, using, what do we use? Some app. Let me see here. I should say what it is. Crowdcast. And we've usually we have between three and five hundred people at these events, and uh, we basically answer your non-political questions. But what I want you to do for this one, because our first one was no themed, our second one was pajamas, pajama, pajama, jammy, jam, 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 and then our third one was dress up. We all got dressed up and put on full face makeup, and if you do that, uh, and you know, did our hair and just whatever you do to normally go out is what we did. And this time, I want you to get every scarf in your house, every scarf in your house. Um, maybe also get a fan because you might be warm, <laughs> but I want you to get every scarf in your house and wear it. And we're going to do that. Um, uh, it's Dr. Burke's uh, Scarf Happy Hour. I'll come up with a better name. Scarf Your Drink, uh, we'll call it. Um, sounds good to me. I don't know. We'll think of something. Or at us, uh, at Daily Beans Pod on Twitter and at Muller She Wrote on Twitter. Hit us both up. That is going to be tomorrow, Friday. Let's we'll just say Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, we'll send the email out with the link and the theme and the instructions uh, around midday, around lunchtime. And we'll send that to the email address you signed up on Patreon with. And thanks to our patrons. Because of y'all, we are able to keep this thing afloat. Um, it's been tough. Uh, as you know, the Small Business Association money is gone. We didn't get any of it. So... <laughs> Um, we really, really rely on you and, and thanks to everyone who can do that. And thanks to everyone who listens. And, and if you can't, we totally understand. Um, there's, it's, it's tough times. And if you need help, reach out. Uh, we're here. Um, just feel free to DM me and, uh, let's see. Thank you for letting me be mad yesterday (laughs) on the show. I was pretty mad. Uh, and, uh, I appreciate you. Uh, I, I got a bunch of just supportive emails like i mad AG is great AG. Don't worry about it. You gotta have space to get mad, be mad, feel your feelings. So thanks for that. 
And thanks to uh, Amanda for joining me yesterday on the show. Uh, it was nice to hear her voice again. And, you know, with that, we do have a lot of news to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, so let's get to the big news off the bat. Let's do the let's do the lead story. We all know Trump was going to try to open the economy early, earlier than he should. And we've been discussing on the show that the Republican message seems to have become that um, we will risk, they're willing to risk losing lives to open the economy because it's something they have to do for the good of the country. Uh, we know Trump has been using war rhetoric and talking about a great sacrifice. Americans are making great sacrifices against the invisible enemy from a foreign land. I mean, it's just really nationalistic war propaganda stuff. Like, it belongs on those posters that I saw in the World War I Museum in Kansas. And he's been saying he's a wartime president, and so he has to make tough decisions. He talked about that, and I, I, when he said, I, I'm going to have to make tough decisions, it's going to be the toughest decision I'll have to make, I was like, uh-oh, he's going to talk about sacrificing lives to to get the economy going again or to prevent the economy from tanking because it's the only thing that's keeping him that's keeping his approval rating above 30 is the economy um which was teed up for him by obama by the way uh then he talked um about well we've heard a lot of right-wing media talking about having to break a few eggs if you want to make an omelet um we're going to talk about what dr oz said in a little bit Um, So we all saw this day coming, and it is finally here. Today is the day. Trump is giving the governors the green light to open back up in phases. And I'll go over the criteria, the phase criteria, in a moment. There's It's called gating criteria. And and today in the briefing, it was the same. More war rhetoric. It was uh, benzodiazepine, uh, as Kristen Johnson said. Was it it benzo or Adderall Trump today? It was benzo Trump today. so more war rhetoric. He praised his own t- incredible, beautiful testing. Uh, we have the most tests ever in the universe. Uh, and uh, his travel bans were effective. He acted early. None of that is true. It's all propaganda. And in, he said, in addition to trying, <laughs> this is exactly what I thought he was going to say. I tweeted it out yesterday. It's almost fucking word for word. Uh, I've gotten so good at speaking Trump, it actually frightens me. But he says, uh, in addition to trying to preserve lives, we have to preserve the economy. You can't have one without the other. So he's basically saying that that our lives are inextricably linked to the supply chain. Uh, he says a long lockdown would be terrible for public health, probably worse. They would talk about heart disease, suicide, alcohol and drug abuse. And so therefore, governors can reopen their individual states at their own discretion. So uh, speaking of the governors, he had it before he came out and announced this whole thing or had Dr. Burks announced the whole reopen strategy of phases. He did have a call with the governors earlier in the day. Um, and he announced he was going to be very magnanimous and allow the governors to exercise the power that they've had all along by leaving it up to the states to decide when to open and giving them the green light to do so by May 1st. That's the thing. That's the thing that bugs me. Why do you have to say you can do so by May 1st? Why can't you just introduce the fucking criteria and say, these are the criteria, and when you meet them, you can open? Why do you have to say by May 1st? It's so that in November, he can say, I gave the green light for May 1st. And and there, we go from there. Um, so he gave the green light for May 1st, if you want to. I urge those of us that uh, remain in quarantine to maybe 
talk to call our state reps and state governors and say, please ban travel from states that decide to reopen uh, early or if you don't like their gating process. There are states who haven't even closed down yet and haven't even met the first criteria to reopen and they're still fucking open. So this is the dumbest thing. Um, but I'm glad that when I read to you the 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 phases, it actually it does make sense. I think a lot of it ha- has come from doctors and scientists and and things like that. But but to say I grant you um, the ability, governors, um, with my all power and my uh, you know absolute authority, the ability to open by May first if you decide, if you choose, if you don't, and you want your economy to suck, that's fine. You can take the blame for that. Um, it's just absolutely. Ugh. Whatever. I, I, what do we even fucking need him for? He's more of an impediment than anything else. If the if if the intelligence communities had just briefed the governors, we'd be in a much better position than we are today. So yeah, I'm I'm actually gonna ask. Uh, I'm here in California. I'm gonna ask Gavin Newsom, Susan Davis, uh, all my all my people. Hey, do me a favor. Um, if if there's a state that hasn't met the criteria and they're open for business. Don't let them travel here um, and don't, you know, please. Uh, or, you know, if if people do travel here, has to be non-essential, has to be quarantined for 14 days when you get here. Just something. Don't just leave it open. Is Don't just leave it open is what I'm saying. He's also telling governors, Trump is, that even though, like I said, that he said his authority is absolute and total, uh, he's leaving it up to the states. It's their responsibility to ramp up testing, uh, despite... Most states not having that equipment or the PPE to test and the swabs or the money to do so. In fact, in a little bit when I cover the small business loan money running out, we'll talk about the fact that the Democrats wanted to put more money into a bill uh, to add more money to the to the PPP, which is the, the name of the program for the Small Business Association loans. And the Democrats wanted to put more money in it for the states and hospitals. And the Republicans refused and then blamed the Democrats for trying to put pork in it. So it seems as though our state coalitions now, of which 17 states or nearly a third of the country are participating in, are going to need to pool our resources together to assist each other in ramping up testing and contact tracing and to compile reliable data on antibody testing, along with figuring out how to get the gear we need, uh, which the federal government keeps either outbidding us on, FEMA, it keeps outbidding us or our governors or they physically intercept it like business casual pirates jj jj crew j crew is that what it was the j crew riot yeah that's business casual pirate and i mean i guess the silver lining here is at least he's telling the governors they're in control of when they reopen their states and he's not forcing anyone to do so although i don't know that that would even how that would even be feasible um but you know what of the states that don't believe in science what about them how, do, how does that impact the rest of us trying to do the right thing? I was terrified uh, with those Michigan protests. They happened in Ohio, too. Um, oh, and by the way, we found out conservative organizations in Michigan um, funded, the, organized those, the Michigan Conservative Coalition and the Michigan Freedom Fund. They encouraged protesters to show up, cause traffic jams, honk, and bring signs to display from their cars. And uh, that's a, th- those are... A f- two organizations that are funded by the DeVos family, Betsy DeVos, Secretary of uh, Miseducation. And, of course, now there are conservative cult members uh, that include people like Diamond and Silk who are saying they're going to refuse any vaccine because it's a hoax virus. 
which sounds, you know, at, at first everyone's like, hey, Darwin. But no, it fucks up herd immunity. It has negative consequences for all of us. Uh, it, we need to protect the vulnerable. It's especially terrifying with the early studies showing that asymptomatic potential super spreaders don't seem to be developing antibodies as, as, as many as older folks who have more severe symptoms. So we could have a large number of typhoid Marys running around traveling from city to city and finishing the job that Trump was three weeks late in trying to prevent in the first place and rendering all of this that we're doing right now, all of these sacrifices we're making, rendering all that moot, just putting us right back at square one. So I'm very concerned about that. I hope I'm not overreacting, but I'd rather err on the side of caution than than risk it. But, you know, I've taken a few... I've only taken a handful of epidemiology classes. I mean, my doctorate is, you know, in in health administration and public health, but I just, I don't know enough about anything on this scale to to know what's going too far, but I'd rather go too far. I'd rather have and not need than need and not have. So the reopening plan, here's the three-phase plan that uh, Dr. Burks rolled out today. Phase one um, is a three phase, three phase process, phase one. And you cannot start phase one until you satisfy the gating criteria. And I'll tell you what the gating criteria are here. Let me see here. Gating criteria, sustained decreases of cases over a 14 day period and hospitals have to be in pre-crisis conditions. That's the gating for, for phase one and phase one is um, basically vulnerable people still have to main, still have to shelter in place. Uh, we are still going to telework, but we can start returning to work in phases. And Cuomo covered this in his press conference a little bit earlier on in the day when he was talking about, you know, first of all, we look at more what, you know, we kind of give a rating to a business as to how essential it is. And we start bringing those folks back in. Uh, and yet there's all these little metrics and criteria that you can look at to, to determine, you know, do, uh, do we start with like bars is later than, you know, say, um, the, you know, the, the post office or DMV, you know, some more essential things like what can we bring in first? And they also will have considerations like, is testing available? Have people been tested? Have they tested negative? Do they have antibodies to, to you know, have immunity? Things like that. Uh, the details aren't as robust here in, in the federal government plan. But uh, workplace telework, return to work in phases. Schools remain closed in phase one. I'm not sure how you can start to return to work without schools opening um, unless you're providing child care assistance. Um, no gatherings larger than 10 people in phase one and minimize non-essential travel in phase one. Now, phase two, the gating criteria, before you can move to phase two, let's see here. Uh, if your state shows no evidence of a rebound in, in the uh, spread of coronavirus, like your that doesn't start going up, uh, and you still have another 14 full days, an, an additional 14 full days of, of sustained decrease in the number of cases, then you can move to phase two, where vulnerable individuals still shelter in place, uh, continue to encourage telework, you open schools in phase two, 
gatherings of no more than 50 people in phase two. Non-essential travel can resume and you can start opening big venues, restaurants, bars, gyms, but with social distancing. Now, I didn't get a clear answer on what is what do you mean by a big venue? Uh, does it have to be a certain amount of square feet? Does your bar have to be a certain size in order to reopen? So I know I know I have to look that up. And then phase three, in order to be gated for phase three, you have to have no evidence of a rebound and satisfy the gated criteria for 14 more days. So 14, a third group of 14 days of decreased uh, number of cases and still no evidence of a rebound. And in phase three, vulnerable, vulnerable people can now uh, go out, but they have to pra- practice social distancing. Uh, we are We have no workplace restrictions in phase three. And big venues have limited social distancing with sanitization uh, protocols. Again, not sure what they mean by a big venue. So those are the guidelines, uh, but the governors call their own shots. No one is at phase one yet. No one has met the gating criteria for phase one. And the first, um, the first criteria for phase one is that individuals, vulnerable, vulnerable people have to shelter in place and schools have to remain closed. Um, so I think they were trying to form that around some states that haven't put stay at, stay at home orders in place, like South Dakota, for example. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the segment, the Small Business Association has blown through their $349 billion. It's gone. It's just two weeks they've blown through it, leaving many small business owners in the lurch. Um, some will have to lay off workers and other businesses will fail. Uh, we are we didn't get a loan. We're, we're continuing our business through the generosity of people who are premium subscribers so uh and we still um are generating a little bit of ad revenue though that's pulled back quite a bit um but uh americans american small business owners have maxed out credit cards borrowed from friends tapped out crowdfunding crowdsourcing uh, and they they're just out of time there's no more money left and and half the new jobless claims come from small business and if those millions of people don't have a job to go back to, that's going to create massive problems for the economy in the long term. Um, this program needs more money now, and the administration is is bailing out the cruise lines um, who don't pay taxes. So I don't understand that. They have all the money they need. So to airlines who spent the last few years after their beautiful tax windfall uh, just buying back stock and not helping their employees and definitely not lowering their fares. But sadly, a bitterly divided Congress led by Mitch McConnell and the Republicans who limited the amount of the first stimulus is looking unlikely to address the problem. And last week, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, who uh, is now going to be called Cruella Mnuchin because of Paul Itical putting out a, a little uh, cartoon that I've tweeted on the at Mueller She Wrote page. You should check it out. It's a really great <laughs> video that he made of Mnuchin dressed as Cruella DeVille. Anyway, Steve asked Congress last week to agree to $250 billion more for the program, but a GOP attempt to approve that failed in the Senate as Democrats demanded more money for hospitals and cities and states and food stamp recipients. Um, they, uh, When you're trying to get unanimous consent to pass something quickly, any single senator can turn it down. You don't have to just have a majority vote. Um, There has been scant progress since that. Talks finally started Wednesday uh, with aides to Mnuchin, Pelosi, and uh, Schumer. 
but they were not far enough along to yield results in time for action at a Senate pro forma session that was today. Uh, and any deal would have uh, would have to be advanced by voice vote or unanimous consent, like I said. Any lawmaker can block unanimous consent. So the need is only deepening on all sides as new figures out Thursday show unemployment claims once again surged over the past week with 5.2 million people filing for unemployment insurance. More than 22 million Americans have now filed uh, since Trump declared a national emergency four weeks ago. The estimated unemployment rate right now is 15 percent. We've lost all the job gains made since the recession. Um, Talk about undoing everything Obama did. (laughs) Congratulations. You lost all the jobs. Um, uh, Pelosi told reporters on a conference call Thursday that instead of asking Democrats why they're blocking more small business money, Republicans should explain why they're standing in the way of sorely needed increases for health care facilities and state and local budgets, especially if you're going to put the fucking states in charge of testing because you've been unable to do it. Um, perhaps I think Republicans should have gone with the 500 billion Total figure in loans and grants that the Democrats pitched in the first stimulus bill for small businesses, but instead the the Senate wanted three hundred billion. So Dems came with five hundred billion, uh, Republicans came with three hundred billion, and they ended up at three forty nine. And now Republicans are like, "Why won't you give us more?" And we're like, "Excuse me, if, uh... so assholes." Um, speaking of the rescue package, oh my god, I can't believe it. Uh, There are glitches that are preventing people from stimulus checks reaching millions of Americans. Oh, no. Um, Yeah, apparently people who filed using H&R Block or TurboTax and other such services are having a hard time getting their checks on time because the IRS didn't have their direct deposit information on file. And a lot of parents have told The Washington Post that they received their checks, their $1,200, but didn't get their $500 per child under 17 payments. Gosh, who could have predicted issues and delays because of means-testing Americans for these payments? Um, well, here we are talking to tax expert Francine Lippman more than two weeks ago. Let's play that clip. I just can't imagine that the IRS is staffed for this right now. I uh, Personally, I, was, I don't even understand the means-testing. When asked to comment, a spokesperson from the Treasury said, Look at how many payments we sent through, though. I'm paraphrasing, of course. She said, actually, the IRS processed nearly 80 million payments in less than three weeks. That's just over half of the 150 million payments expected to go out. First, it's 80 million payments in fewer than three weeks. And second, 80 million out of 150 million is 53.3%. Homeschool or not, 53% is an F. You failed. Uh, And gosh, who could have seen this coming? We all did. You crap spackler. I, I, I'm just so I'm mad again today. That's okay. I, I, I know you forgive me. We'll be right back with a blast from the past. Michael Caputo is in the news and his new job in the administration, along with the story about the anonymous tip that led to the discovery of 17 bodies in a nursing home in New Jersey. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Raycon. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not what your roommates, neighbors, and kids are listening to. And everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars, you need to check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. This is R-A-Y-C-O-N. Raycon earbuds started about half of the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing as the other top audio brands that you know. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, is the best ones yet, um, with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, 
a really good bass, uh, just a really dynamic sound, and a compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are comfortable, perfect for conference calls, uh, Zoom, binging podcasts, doing happy hour meet and greets. Um, I love my Raycon wireless earbuds. They're super comfy, and since I'm always misplacing earbuds, uh, I thought a couple of pairs of Raycons would do the trick since they're so affordable. And unlike um, some other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems so you don't look like Giuliani on the bus. Um, you, <laughs> you've heard me... Google that picture. Uh, you've heard me talk about uh, how this company was co-founded by Ray J. And there are celebrities who I love, like Cardi B and Melissa Etheridge, that really love these uh, these Raycons. So pick up a pair. See what the hype is all about. Now it's time to get your latest and greatest from Raycon. You get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash dailybeans. That's buyraycon.com slash dailybeans for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Again, that's buyraycon.com slash dailybeans. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It is AG, and I am here in my studio. Uh, Lawmakers spoke to the president today with a similar message that his top business executives gave him yesterday. That was the, you know, three dozen uh, companies that uh, he he got in a conference call with yesterday. They're all saying, uh, so lawmakers today on both sides of the aisle and his business executives yesterday, we have to ramp up testing before we reopen anything because no one is going to feel comfortable going out to businesses or a ball game or whatever, unless we have a clearer picture about how safe it is, who's immune, where the cases are, is someone quarantining. We need to figure this out. We need to have contact tracing. We need to really step this up. Uh, Trump has left it up to the states without giving them a dime to do so. Uh, Both Democratic and Republican members of Congress expressed concern to Trump today, including Lindsey Graham, of all people. Um, Trump pushed back on the call, insisting he has ramped up testing. It's beautiful. We have the most tests in the whole universe. Uh, Everyone is disagreeing with him. It is clear that everyone is asking for more testing, and it seems that Trump is the only one left who doesn't think it's necessary. Uh, Why? My guess is because facts are the enemy of a dictator, as is an educated electorate. Um, We are inching toward idiocracy. Um, And Dr. Oz... This was a great thing that went around. It was a nice thing to wake up to here on the West Coast. Fucking Dr. Oz told Fox News today that when it comes to reopening the country, quote, schools are very, a very appetizing, uh, excuse me, schools are a very appetizing opportunity. I just saw a nice piece in The Lancet arguing that opening of schools may only cost us two to three percent in terms of total mortality. Any life uh, is a life lost, he says, but that might be a trade-off some folks would consider. So there it is, right? What we've been saying, what Trump confirmed today. Um, we have to sacrifice lives for the economy. This is a Republican message. They've been moving this truth for a while. Since Trump said, like I said in a press briefing, reopening was going to be the hardest decision. We tweeted back then, like I said, that the message from Republicans would be convincing his base that people dying is just the price we have to pay to avoid a recession. He's been insinuating more people would die by suicide if we are forced to continue with social distancing. He brought that full force today in his announcement um, and included alcohol and drug abuse and heart disease. Um, This is going to be the message going forward, so be on the lookout for the GOP talking about necessary sacrifices. This stance explains the war talk. Um, that we, you know, we discussed earlier, has a wartime president and how the country will have to make sacrifices to defeat the enemy from, from a foreign land, from far foreign lands, and all of that uh, to warm us up for the eventual message that thousands of death are, deaths are acceptable. 
um, so the rich people can get back to the business of making money off of the backs of the working class. And it's just a matter of time. Uh, but by the way, before Dr. Oz gets a job with the administration for his remarks. Um, so just for reference, it costs about $1,200 to make a guillotine. That happens to be what your stimulus checks are worth. I'm just saying. And speaking of Marie Antoinette... Ivanka and Jared apparently didn't think the social distancing rules and stay-at-home orders applied to them. Uh, these two assholes, along with their children and the Secret Service, contingency of Secret Service, despite their own warnings to the rest of us on social media and, and sad videos about their struggles with sheltering in place, these assholes drove from D.C. to Bedminster, New Jersey to celebrate Passover last week. And as we know, New Jersey is one of the hardest-hit states in the country. So just, you know, it applies to you. It doesn't, doesn't apply uh, to them. Laws, law, for rich people, laws are just suggestions. Uh, we know that. I guess this isn't a law. Um, but to, to, to tell us, you know, admonish us, you need to stay at home. And then this staying at home is so hard. And then not staying at home. It's like, you piece of shit. Um, how did they think that wouldn't get out? I don't know. So... The White House, here's, here's the throwback. This is uh, solid gold to make you feel old. The White House is installing former Trump campaign lackey and Mueller report extra, author of the book The Ukraine Hoax, Michael Caputo, to assert more White House control over Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar, who officials believe has been behind recent critical reports about Donald Trump's handling of the coronavirus pandemic. And that's according to two officials with knowledge of the move. His title will be... Caputo's title will be Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services for Public Affairs. So basically, a bunch of news reports came out that said Alex Azar warned Trump back in January about coronavirus on a phone call, January 30th, but was ignored. And uh, Caputo believes Democrats um, want people to die in order to win the election in 2020. He, he says we're rooting for people to die. So Caputo believes that Democrats want people to die. Um, to more people to die of coronavirus, of COVID-19, uh, so that they can win the election. That's He says we're rooting for people to die. And it, it, that's just absolutely, he's tweeted that a bunch of times. Um, but yeah, they, they, everyone, it, it, sources close to the, to, the, to the story are saying they're pushing Azar out because they think Azar is the one who leaked to the New York Times about, you know, I called Trump, told him about it, warned him about this shit on the 30th, and, and, and he ignored me. Um, Fauci... Uh, refused to say that. Remember, he got up and said, nope, the first time we told him to do social distancing, he listened. The first official time we told him to do it. Uh, but I think what happened here was maybe uh, Azar went to, was asked by the press, and he goes, no, I warned him, and he ignored me. Uh, and that got out, and so Trump's mad, so here comes Michael Caputo. Caputo is a longtime friend of Roger Stone and former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort, both of whom are convicted of crimes, one who's in prison, one's, one's in prison, one's about to go. Caputo wrote last year in Political Magazine about his fears after being wrapped up in the Mueller probe, um, which Caputo said had led to threats of his life. Um, Caputo once lived in Moscow, where he worked for Boris Yeltsin and also performed public relations work for a subsidiary to a Russian state-owned energy conglomerate you might have heard of called Gazprom. Caputo told the Buffalo News in 2016 he wasn't proud of the work, uh, at, but at the time... Putin wasn't such a bad guy. Um, the other thing here is, regardless of his past, Caputo has zero healthcare experience. 
So he's going to lead up the communications for the Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, installing Caputo allows the White House to further control Azar's communication strategy, and that's according to two individuals with knowledge. And I'm just going to read the lead from this next story from the New York Times last night. Here we go. It says, the call for body bags came late Saturday. By Monday, the police in a small New Jersey town had gotten an anonymous tip that a body being stored in a shed outside one of the state's largest, uh, there's a body being stored in a shed outside of the, one of the state's largest nursing homes. When the police arrived, the corpse had been removed from the shed, but they discovered 17 bodies piled inside the nursing home in a small morgue intended to hold no more than four people. Quote, they were just overwhelmed by the amount of people who were expiring said Dr. Nope, just Eric Danielson, the police chief of Andover, a small town township in Sussex County. Um, there were 17. The 17 were among 68 recent deaths linked to the long-term care facility. Andover Subacute and Rehabilitation Center 1 and 2, including two nurses, according to officials. Of those who died, 26 people had tested positive for the virus. For the others, the cause of death is unknown. Uh, of the patients who remain at the homes, Housed in two buildings, 76 have tested positive. 41 staff members, including an administrator, are sick with COVID-19. And the disease caused by the coronavirus is is causing this havoc in this nursing home, and that's according to county health records shared on Wednesday with a federal official. But um, this is probably going to start happening more and more now, as coronavirus is sweeping through rural America and sweeping through nursing homes. Um, and especially across the state of New Jersey. Most of the state's nursing homes have reported at least one case of the coronavirus, which, as of Wednesday, had infected 6,815 patients of long-term care facilities in New Jersey alone. And at least 45 of the 351 coronavirus-related deaths on Wednesday were residents of long-term care facilities. And for some news that it may have, may have flown under the radar from Politico, the Pentagon's inspector general could not definitively determine whether the White House influenced the procurement process for a major cloud computing contract because senior Defense Department officials were barred from answering questions on the subject during interviews. This is according to a 313-page report released on Wednesday. Department personnel who evaluated proposals and awarded the Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure Contract, or JEDI, were, uh, were not pressured by any senior DOD leaders, according to the Inspector General. But investigators were unable to rule out whether the White House interfered with the contract award because DOD's general counsel instructed senior DOD witnesses not to verbally answer questions about communications between the White House and the Pentagon because of, you guessed it, the assertion of presidential communications privilege. Hmm. Sound familiar, huh? So this is the one that Amazon uh, is suing over, right? Amazon wanted this contract. It went to Microsoft. We know Trump hates Bezos. Bezos pressured the post office, um, the postmaster general, a while back to raise shipping rates on, on Bezos. Bezos owns the Washington Post uh, as well. And as you know, he, they don't really, you know, they report the truth. So doesn't, again, the truth is bad for dictators. So, um, yeah, they asserted uh, presidential communication privilege and refused to answer questions. So they can't determine if, they, if the White House was a factor, an intervening factor in whether or not Amazon lost this contract. And I think we need a game show for this. Like, Wheel of Privilege! Are, are you in the Trump administration and find yourself facing federal criminal investigations? Well, step right up and spin the Wheel of Privilege. Ooh, around and around she goes. What's it going to be? Communications privilege? Uh, blanket immunity? Uh, white privilege? Executive privilege? 
Or you can choose what's coming down the aisle that what what is it that Ivanka is bringing down in the box <laughs> with the with the question mark on it. I don't I don't know. Wheel of Privilege. I think it could work. Reminds me of Wheel of Fish from UHF. If you've seen that movie, you know what I'm talking about. It's wonderful. Um, anyway, the Pentagon in October awarded the Jedi contract to Microsoft, like I said, which beat Amazon. Uh, it was a $10 billion program to build the Pentagon's cloud architecture that would allow information ranging from personnel files to intelligence to be shared across the Department of Defense. And uh, prior to the contract award, Oracle, another competitor for the contract that was cut in uh, a previous round, um, not cut in, but they were cut in a previous round, Oracle, uh, they raised concerns about some Pentagon employees favoring Amazon with unethical behavior. The inspector general substantiated allegations of eth- ethical misconduct against uh, Deep Ubi, a Pentagon employee who worked on the early stages of crafting the Jedi program before leaving the department to work for Amazon. So Oracle thinks Amazon got unfair treatment. Amazon thinks they got the shaft in favor of Microsoft. It's basically a circular firing squad for a bunch of rich, rich assholes. Um, as I said, Amazon's currently suing the government over losing the bid. We'll see how that turns out. But, you know, it, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Trump had a say, just like he had a say in the FBI headquarters not being moved. Um, and we, we, we didn't f- figure that out either. All privileged, all obstructed, nothing. We got nothing um, from any of the investigations. Absolute shutdown. So. And we'll be right back with MSNBC contributor, former federal U.S. attorney, and one of my favorite people, Joyce Vance. And we're going to discuss the upcoming Trump tax return Supreme Court cases. So stick around. Hey, everybody. It's AG. This Helping of Daily Beans is brought to you by SaneBox. Inbox Zero is a thing of the past. Um, we are also inundated with email now that it's no longer about responding to everything. It's just about responding to important things, um, the messages that truly matter. And that's where SaneBox comes in. Um, Think of it as an EMT for your email. Messages flow in, SaneBox triages them, sifts out the important ones and puts them in your inbox, sends all the other distracting stuff into your Sane Later folder. So you know what messages to pay attention to now and what stuff you can get to later on. It also has features like Sane Black Hole, where you can drag messages from Trump and Pence uh, or any annoying sender you don't want to hear from ever again. And Sane Reminders to ping you if someone hasn't replied to your email by a certain date. Love that. I need that. Uh, Best of all, you can use SaneBox with any email client or phone anywhere you check your email. So see how SaneBox can magically remove distractions from your inbox with a free two-week trial. Visit SaneBox.com slash Daily Beans today to start your free trial, and they'll give you a $25 credit. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash Daily Beans. All right, everybody, welcome back. Joining us today to discuss the upcoming rescheduled Trump tax returns and financial SCOTUS Supreme Court cases is former federal prosecutor and University of Alabama law professor Joyce Vance. Joyce, thanks for agreeing to speak with me today. Glad to be with y'all. It's How are you holding up? How's everything at, at home? Well, you know, we've got four children. Um, three of them are with us and one is around the corner in his own home. Um, three dogs and four cats. So I'll just characterize it as lively. <laughs> lively. I like it. It's very, it's very politically correct of you to say. Um, 
So the reason I want to speak to you today, as many have heard, um, there are some Supreme Court cases regarding Trump's financials, which include Mazars, which is an accounting firm of his, and of course, Deutsche Bank. We all know what that is. And they have been scheduled for oral arguments on May 12th. They've been rescheduled because they were postponed from their original, I think it was a March 31st hearing date. Um, And I was hoping you could just give us sort of a brief overview of those cases. Well, here's what's in stake, and it's three cases. They've been consolidated together because they raise similar issues. And the issue is, who is entitled to President Trump's tax returns? Can Congress get it under uh, statutes that make it relatively clear that Congress is entitled to obtain tax returns? And similarly, can a state prosecutor, in this case Manhattan DA Cyrus Vance, who I am not related to, um, does uh, DA Vance have the ability to get those tax returns for use in a criminal investigation? So those are the two issues that will be teed up for the Supreme Court to decide. And what are, um, out of, just out of curiosity, what are uh, the Trump administration's arguments, uh, just really briefly, against why uh, these shouldn't be handed over? So, you know, Trump's argument comes down to this. I'm king and I can do whatever I want and you can't do anything to me. And what we've heard in these cases, particularly as to the Manhattan DA part of the case, is really particularly repugnant to the rule of law because Trump has said, not only can you not um, investigate me, or rather, not only can you not prosecute me, federal government, you can't even investigate me, Congress. And state DAs, you guys can't investigate me either. So it's really uh, unfathomable that the president takes this position. In fact, arguably, it even keeps investigation from others, not just Trump, but his companies or his family and his work associates. It would keep those investigations from moving forward. All that to say that there is very strong precedent against the position that Trump has taken here. Yeah, and speaking of the precedent, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on is a lot of our listeners have sort of lost faith in the court because of some things that have happened between, you know, while this has been postponed, uh, thinking about maybe the Wisconsin voting decision that came down from the Supreme Court. But as you said, these specific cases have pretty clear precedent, don't they? They do. And look, you know, I'm not going to lie to your listeners. The Wisconsin decision, I think, was very, it was very difficult to swallow. Um, and it's worth noting that it was a 5-4 division decision, and the court split on political lines. And something that courts prior to the Roberts courts have really sought to do is to avoid those split decisions, to avoid political decisions, to try to find consensus. Sometimes that can be why it takes cases longer to come out, opinions longer to take out um, than the litigants would like, because the court is searching for a narrow set of facts and legal rules that it can agree upon. That has not been the trend in the Roberts Court, which has had more 5-4 decisions than any of its predecessors, I think. Um, So that's a real issue that we face here. The case law is pretty clear. Every lower court, both district and court of appeals, to have considered these issues has ruled that Trump's taxes must be turned over. Um, So here we find ourselves in the Supreme Court with a case that's not very unusual, except that it involves a president. Mm. Now, what happens if they decide either in favor of Trump or 
uh, they decide on jurisdictional reasons, uh, and I can't remember the word for that, uh, but, you know, that the Supreme Court isn't here to decide this. This must be decided by impeachment or whatever, you know, some other means or uh, et cetera, by Congress or a, a separate branch of government. The, the, remember, because we've had decisions before where they've said, and they've been overturned, but we've had decisions before where they go to the court. This isn't the court's job. Um, you know, to to be the referee between the executive branch and 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 the legislative branches. What if what happens in in those scenarios? If is it over? Does it get kicked back down to previous decisions? How does that work? Yeah. So you're suggesting the court might duck deciding the issues here, saying that it's a political question, and that the courts don't interfere in those. I think that that's an unlikely outcome here because this is really just a question about when a subpoena can get enforced. After all, subpoenas were delivered to third parties to try to get copies of the president's tax returns. And so that's really the issue that's at stake. That's not a political issue. That's the sort of legal issue that's clearly justiciable in the Supreme Court. In fact, they decided a very similar issue in Clinton v. Jones, and the precedent in that case should dictate uh, that the court here also enforces subpoenas. Does any of the Watergate-Nixon era precedent play a role in, in these decisions, or, or, or possibly? Is, are, are there similarities there? Well, I think that there is this overriding notion that the president at some point in time is obligated to give up items when they're properly subpoenaed. But remember, in these cases, the subpoenas are not to President Trump. They are, in fact, to third-party holders of his tax returns. So the question is a little bit nuanced in that regard. Mm, Right, because the argument is, well, yeah, it's to a third party, but it's about the president of the United States' tax returns. Exactly. Nonetheless, the president when you stack it all up, seems relatively clear. And no court so far has found to the contrary. All right. Well, we uh, we look forward to those arguments. I think I read that they're going to be recorded or available to the public for, for listening. Do you know any? Do you know that answer? I don't know that answer. You know, I do know the answer to that. They're pooling the, the Supreme Court normally some period of time after argument. You can get a download of the audio, of course, in federal court proceedings are not videotaped. There are no cameras in the court. That's been a subject of some controversy. Here they'll be pooling the feed for the media, and I understand that C-SPAN will actually be airing it. No video, just audio. So, uh, you know, maybe we all ought to take a mid-morning coffee break together that day and listen in. I think that would be a wonderful thing to do. Um, I will definitely be listening to it. And can you tell us just timing wise, because uh, I know a lot of people, um, you know, this is about the rule of law. This isn't political. However, uh, when in relation to the elections, will this decision come out? Do you think a lot of people are speculating it, it could be October? You know, hard to say. The Supreme Court decides cases the term that it hears them in. Typically, they on Mondays will announce their decisions from the bench. The last week, the court that's in session, they often schedule additional days. But with coronavirus and with the shifting of these cases and the moving of dates and sort of extending things, I think it's difficult to predict when we'll hear. The hope, though, is that the court will act expeditiously. These are not difficult issues, um, and there is no reason to get the country the clarity uh, that it needs on these issues. 
Uh, and and the oral arguments, are those usually just a, a day? Right. It'll just be uh, typically if the court were in session physically hearing cases, they would hear usually a number of cases on, on any given morning with argument by the parties from both sides. Awesome. Well, thank you for, for summing that up for us and for giving us a little insight into, I mean, I still don't think we can imagine what, what to expect. I still, I personally think that uh, this will go in favor of the House. Uh, I, I'm a little less uh, sure about the, the Cy Vance um, this situation specifically. I know that there was some uh, discussion about it, whether it's a misdemeanor or a felony and the statute of limitations, and that's why they were trying to push it through. But um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. At least we'll be able to listen to it on C-SPAN. Absolutely. We'll all be listening together. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you again for your time. Everybody follow her on Twitter at Joyce White Vance, um, MSNBC contributor, former federal prosecutor. Joyce, thanks again for helping clarify these issues. Thank you. Stay safe. All right, everybody, stay with us. We have the Good News Block coming up with Jordan Coburn right after this break. Hey, everybody, this is AG, and this portion of Daily Beans is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Being stuck at home these days, you probably don't think much about internet privacy uh, or your own home network. Uh, Fire up incognito mode on your browser. No one can see what you're doing, right? Uh, Nope. Nope, that's wrong. Even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced. Even if you clear your browser history, your internet service provider still sees everything and every website you've ever visited. That's why when I'm at home, even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN makes sure your internet service provider cannot see the sites that you visit. Instead... Your internet connection is rerouted through ExpressVPN's secure servers. Each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that's shared among thousands of users. That means everything you do is uh, anonymized. You can't be traced. It can't be traced back to you. And ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data with the best in-class encryption. So uh, your information is always protected. Use the internet with confidence from your computer, your tablet, your smartphone, any of it. ExpressVPN has you covered on every device. Simply tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. It's rated number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless others. So protect your online activity today with a VPN that I trust to secure my privacy. So visit my special link at expressvpn.com dailybeans, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. So that's expressvpn.com dailybeans, expressvpn.com dailybeans to learn more. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm so glad I got to talk to Joyce Vance today. She's so great. And I'm really excited about this. It's for the good news block. I get to talk to Jordan Coburn. Jordan, how are you? Hello. I am doing well. Thank you for covering my butt last night. Absolutely. Um, I'm doing I'm doing well. Good. Everything's good, right? Yes, everything is good. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm hanging out at a I, I got to finally see the downtown eight o'clock like light show that everybody does. I was downtown last night and they do it for the first responders and everybody. And I just started crying. It was like so beautiful just seeing everybody. So what is this? Is this on like Fifth Avenue or? It's everywhere. It's literally every single apartment in downtown, every single building, like the whole place lights up. And everybody starts flickering their lights and hawking their sirens and everybody's just like going crazy. And people are like DJing on their balconies and shit. <laughs> it's like... And what time is that? At 8? At 8. Yeah, 8 p.m. every night for like five minutes. I might just cruise down and like drive around. Is there a specific intersection that's the best? No, 
I mean, I'm like pretty much kind of close to Petco Park, so I'm not in the center of it. I imagine if you go more towards the center, kind of, you know how maybe like on Broadway, there's all of those apartment buildings sort of like towards the ocean. I'm sure that would be a good view. And then you could see um, like more along the harbor. That would probably be a really good view to see everything. Yeah, maybe I'll like do a thing where I hit like Broadway right around eight and then after that like eight oh two I'll be hanging a left, you know, to go down fourth and and maybe look over to the East Village there and down near Petco. So that'd be that I'm I'm gonna check that out because yeah. we can still drive places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just really cool and everybody's like, you know, alone on their balcony obviously, but everyone's just flicking their house lights on and off and iPhone lights are surprisingly bright. People are just waving those around like they're bringing in planes. It's just like, yeah, it was so cool. And every, it, I forgot that it was going to happen. And like instantly the whole city just lit up. Oh, I hope we keep doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's so nice. It's such a nice way to feel like you're not alone too, you know? Everybody's just for a second just like, and then everyone's howling too and stuff. And yeah, it's just really cool. Good vibes. Banging on pots and whatnot. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I am going to check that out. Uh, I got a couple of good news stories for you before you hit me up with the listener good news. Yes. Um, Kroger guy. So I received a message from someone who works at Kroger today in response to our good news story from yesterday that the chain was teaming up with a union to designate grocery workers as uh, all, like adjacent first responders so that, that they could get access to testing uh, and safety gear because 30 have died, right? Uh, in this union. So uh, Kroger guy, who I'm just going to call him Kroger guy because he wants to remain anonymous, also told me Kroger announced this week to their employees that they're advancing bonuses to all the employees, including hourly workers, and that that bonus is normally paid in 2021, but they're giving it to them this month. And they're giving them third quarter bonus in June, so uh, or May, something very soon. Mm -hmm. And they're also instituting what they're calling a hero bonus, which is a $2 an hour pay bump. And uh, going back to March 29th and an appreciation bonus of a few hundred dollars. Um, so good job, Kroger. That's cool. I forget what chains are under Kroger. It's like a do they they probably have like multiple brands under them, huh? I only know of Kroger, but um, yeah, I'm, they probably they're a conglomerate of some kind, I would imagine. Yeah. I don't know, though. I totally made that assumption. I have no idea. They just seem like such a huge company. But that's so cool. But uh, that's good on them. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really cool of them to do. Yeah, that's it's. I like how they call it a hero pay. I mm-hmm. I think it should be more than two bucks an hour, but I mean, there's you know, it's it's a bump, yeah. and you know, they may be able to find out that they can do more later. Mm-hmm. Um, and remember when acting secretary of the Navy Modley was forced to apologize for his comments about the Roosevelt captain Crozier. Yes. Uh, and then he, he was then forced to resign as, as acting secretary of the Navy. And I thought perhaps it was Gilday that might have had something to do with that. Well, check this out. Admiral Gilday, who's the chief of naval operations, who's a badass, has indicated he may reinstate Captain Crozier, who is now viewed as a hero by his crew for putting their lives above his career. And that's according to officials familiar with the story. No final decisions have been made, though Admiral Gilday was reviewing the findings of a preliminary investigation into the events surrounding Captain Crozier's removal. Not the events surrounding Captain Crozier's letter, but his removal. They're investigating his removal. And, of course, Trump could intervene 
But I'm hoping Gilday does what he thinks is right and not what he's worried Trump will do. I have a feeling he will. So put some beans on that. That would be cool to see him back at the at the helm. That would be really cool. And literally deserved. Well deserved. Mm -hmm. And Saturday Night Live weekend update anchor and comedian Michael Che has agreed to pay rent for 160 public housing units to honor his grandmother who died of COVID-19 and used to live in the building. And I need everyone. I I know. I could barely get through it without crying. And I need everyone to know Che is not a rich man, okay? Saturday Night Live doesn't pay that well. (laughs) Um, But this is an amazing gesture and I love it. So thanks to Che. Yeah, no comics are, like, killing it unless they're at a place where they're touring theaters, like, every single weekend, you know? It's like... Yeah. I I know writing jobs typically pay better than, you know, if you're, like, a mid-level road comic for sure. He obviously, like, had the money to do it in some respect, but it's not... Yeah, exactly. He's not, like, Mr. Moneybags, and then there's all of these other Mr. Moneybags, especially in that fucking city, yet he's the guy that's doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. C- successful comics make five figures, maybe low, low six figures, or uh, you make at like eight figures. There's no in between. Right. <laughs> you know, there, there's no like middle of the road. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, upper, upper middle, upper working, upper middle class comedians. It's it's either. I mean, like I remember when I was a, a headliner in a feature and I went around the country, I made like $20,000 a year, maybe. Mm hmm. Which is like a good haul. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah. you know, half the shit you make is in drink tickets. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and let's see. Uh, Community Organized Relief Effort, C-O-R-E, has been founded by Oscar winning actor Sean Penn. And he is fighting the coronavirus pandemic through testing, trying to bring testing to California. So he told Lawrence O'Donnell that there's a Herculean effort that needs to be taken by the federal government for the production of coronavirus testing and PPE supplies. And if if they're not going to do it, he's going to do it. So to learn more about helping COVID-19 relief efforts, you can go to coreresponse.org slash COVID-19. And Sean Penn sat that up. So that was pretty cool. Who knew when these guys were like 13 years old in their local Hamlet production that one day they'd be solving coronavirus single-handedly without the help of their government? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Trying to learn. Wherefore by thou I swear. And now, yeah, all of a sudden, you're solving coronavirus because the president can't. Yep. And uh, are you ready for a little schadenfreude? Yes. I've got some Roger Stone news for you. Amy Berman, Judge Jackson, if you're nasty, (laughs) Judge Jackson, if you're nasty, has denied Stone's motion for a retrial, and he's been ordered to surrender himself to serve his 40-month sentence. Um, I will be parsing the full 81-page ruling and reporting on that in full in this Sunday's Mueller Report, or Mueller, Mueller Report, Mueller She Wrote podcast. Uh, much excite about that. 81 pages. So she likely had some shit to say. I haven't read it yet. All I, I just read the first page where she's like, you can surrender yourself, uh, but not within the next 14 days. And you're still out on bond and you don't have to do the gag order press thing anymore. Uh, but fuck, you know, you can't have a new trial. The jury was fine. It wasn't tainted. That's what all that was about. So haha. Fuck yeah. That's great, great, great news. I know. I was so I was so happy that came out today. I was like, oh, I can't wait to tell everybody. I was like, should I just hold this until Mueller she wrote over the weekend? And I'm like, nah, I gotta fucking tell everybody. Yeah, that feels so. like that news feels like a relic of a distant past at this point. 
hearing updates from Stone's trial. I know. Somebody was like, I miss <laughs> I miss the Mueller days. I was uh-huh. like, yeah. The simpler times, the salad days, right? From- God, what a shitstorm the last fucking four years have been. <laughs> yeah, and it, it didn't slow down either. I, I know that, I mean, we've been doing shows every day now for 40 weeks, and every week now we've been doing Muller She Wrote for over three years. And I've I remember there being maybe four slow news days where we could keep the show under 45 minutes mm-hmm. tops yeah it's it's completely constant i was just thinking aside from you know all of the horrifying realities of all of the huge you know flounder ring that trump and his administration have contributed to and perpetuated like aside from all of the negative fallouts of Everything, every shenanigan and thing he's been a part of, you know, just like Mueller shit, Iran shit, you know, now this. It is, it is just kind of fucking crazy how much crap has gone down. Just like you left out impeachment in Ukraine. Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. All it is like the most tumultuous four years. I feel, I mean, I'm sure that you could find a president back in, you know, sometime. Yeah, right? This is, like, fucking absurd. And it is the most incompetent person we've ever had in that position. And it is so insane. I mean, coronavirus, Trump is handling it horribly. But he didn't cause it, you know? So it's just, like, this on top of all the other shit he did cause. He's just having the fucking craziest. It is so insane. And he sucks so bad. It is, like... It is almost comical how bad it is, but like I said, it's obviously not comical because people are getting really hurt and people are dying, but it is fucking crazy. Yeah, reality show president. Yep. Is not an exaggeration. Yep. Um, all right, so what, what, uh, what good news of our listeners? Yes. All right, so our first good news comes from Josephine. Josephine says, British Captain Tom Moore, age 99 and a World War II vet, decided to raise 1,000 pounds for the NHS in the UK by walking 100 laps of his garden before his 100th birthday on the 30th of April. He completed his laps... (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. He completed his laps today with a guard of honor from the 1st Battalion of the Yorkshire regiment the whole country over there has gone crazy with love for him and so far has raised nearly 16 million pounds on his gofundme i'm not crying you are yeah whoa he set out to raise a thousand pounds and he Mm -hmm. raised 16 million pounds and is still going yep on his gofundme yeah and that's (sighs) reported in the guardian if you just google guardian tom moore you can probably find that very easily it's that's incredible so so instead of one pound per lap around his garden he's got like sixteen thousand pounds per lap yeah (laughs) that's so fucking cool that's so cool thank you josephine (sighs) that's amazing yes um yes from james james says lindsey graham was outraised by democrat jamie harrison in south carolina is it jamie it's a yeah right okay cool i don't know sometimes Mm -hmm. people pronounce names differently cool (laughs) next up from allison allison says my good news is how quickly my department was able to get employment insurance checks slash cerb that stands for canada emergency response benefit uh help to struggling canadians i helped minimally with that effort but still i'm pretty proud to be a public servant right now 
Um, Mandy's producer note, many Canadians will get $2,000 per month as long as lockdown lasts. That's fantastic. Yeah, there was a new proposal, too, by Dem- Democrats in, in United States Congress that wanted to make sure that Americans got $2,000 a month until uh, we were out from under this. But mm-hmm. um, that'll definitely not pass Mitch McConnell's Senate. Yeah. This election coming up is so important because the end of this is not even in sight remotely, especially economically. I was just talking to Ryan about that today. It's like, this is fucking the most important election of my lifetime by far, 2020. It's so important to get Democrats the majority so they can do that stuff. Yeah, and who do you want presiding over that um recovery somebody who went through it uh, mm-hmm. uh successfully uh, in 2009 uh 2008 2009 2010 mm-hmm. or the president who single-handedly erased all the job gains since that recession mm-hmm. yep which one do you think right <laughs> um so. side note i got my stimulus check yesterday it hit my account oh good yeah. was it the full 1200 it was the full 1200 and I had no idea that that was going to... Honestly, I was surprised. I was surprised that I got it. I started seeing people saying they got theirs on Facebook, and they were, like, sending screenshots of it. I thought I just couldn't believe it, and then when I saw it, I was like, what? But um, Well, you got to remember, though, you're filing without kids, without a family. You're not a head of household. You uh, Did you itemize anything at all, or did you just fill 1040? I have no idea what any of that means. I did the most basic shit, and I did it on my own on the free TurboTax. <laughs> yeah, that there that and and you got your shit direct deposited, so that's that's why. Although a lot of people who who did their stuff on TurboTax are not finding that they're getting their checks uh, because the IRS didn't uh, maintain their direct deposit stuff. So, but but I'm very glad that you got it. So that's very good. Yeah, me too. I mean, luckily, because of the podcast, you know, I'm I'm doing okay money-wise. I still lost two grand a month with the other job that I have, so that's that's a bummer, but, but I'm staying afloat. But, like, people in my family are not, so I'm pretty much, I'm just going to put it in, like, a checking account and then just kind of, hopefully we get more stimulus checks. That would be nice. But, yeah, it's starting to be, at this point, it's becoming, like, a family effort to keep everybody afloat. My mom has, like, a house back in Pennsylvania and even though her mortgage payments are low, it's just, it's like virtually impossible. She's a small business owner. All the small business loans ran out. She owns a house cleaning business. Obviously, that's not happening right now. And then she's just kind of shit out of luck. We didn't, uh, we we didn't get uh, approved in time for a, a small business payroll loan either. That's yeah. so. That's we are doubly relying on our patrons right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's it's crazy. I heard that they gave out like 14 years worth of loans in like three weeks or something. And it's just so like not even close to enough of coverage for everybody, obviously. So so, yeah, I saw a post on Facebook that was like, if if you don't need need, you know, your twelve hundred dollars, think about maybe seeing if there's any organizations that you'd be willing to part with a couple hundred obviously don't stretch yourself too thin and know what you need and don't feel like guilted into giving away money that you need and stuff but maybe that person's within you know your city or it's like an organization or a nonprofit or something but just something to think about that i appreciated that i saw on my timeline um yep 
Okay, next from Roberta. Roberta says, here's some good news. Girl Scout cookies are available for purchase online and shipped to your doorstep. The website allows you to pick specific Girl Scout councils, minus Girl Scouts of Southeastern New England, made up to cadet made up to cadet back in the day uh, to benefit those specific troops in those specific regions for things such as camping trips and the cost of patches and pins. Anyways, thin minty Good, goodness is just a click away. Because fuck South New England. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why they're not included. Yeah. What's the website? Did it? Did she say? Uh, I don't see a website. I think maybe it just said, maybe it's just their website, the Girl Scout website. I'm uh, I bet if you Google Girl Scout cookies, you will yeah, find it. I am sure. They have never had a hard time with marketing. That, no. That is for sure. Oh, man. What a crazy time to be a Girl Scout. They're like, all right, we're going to prepare you for realities of the freaking end of the world. Like, okay, that's a weird patch, but sure. Yeah. You're going to get your uh, outbreak patch? Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. You're, uh, yeah. You're... you're T T P T P foyaging patch, fighting a oh yeah. <laughs> oh my how god! How to make toilet paper out of of woodland leaves? Yes, learned how to wipe your ass with a stick and not complain. Patch. <laughs> oh god, so bleak. Sorry. Anyways, jokes. Uh, next from Heidi. Heidi says, "I've been listening to you faithfully for a while, and I really enjoyed your performance in Philly." Philly was the freaking best. This is my comment. Hell yes. Uh, okay. And she says, I felt compelled to write to you today because your podcast literally gave me belly laughs. Jordan was talking about her airplane butt and Amanda was lamenting her smelly pits. I was walking my dog with a face mask on while listening to this and I laughed for half a freaking block. P.S. My daughter and I are experiencing extra body odor during the quarantine, so you're in good company, Amanda. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, 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 you know, I took the, I took Monday off, so that was Tuesday's show, mm-hmm. and I didn't, I didn't listen to it uh, before. I should say before I had listened to it, I kept getting emails about recommendations for smelly pits, and I was like, <laughs> what did you guys talk about? Um, there was no um, airplane butt recommendations, though. It was all smelly pit recommendations. I, I got one from our listener Lauren. She said, "I think that's her name. I'm pretty sure. I'm so sorry if I messed that up." Um, she said the reason why airplane butts smell so bad is because airplane seats are not breathable. So you're basically just like sitting on a trash bag for five hours. Right, because there's a flotation device in there, right? Yeah, that's so gross, and it makes so much sense. So funny. Um, no yeah. recommendations there, really. Just kind of an explanation of why it's so disgusting. Um, okay. Now, we're on to quarantine confessions. This is becoming my favorite segment. Um, this is where we put out a call on Twitter for you all to tell us what some of your embarrassing quarantine moments are or just funny moments. It, it Just confessions that, you know, you're down for us to share with the listeners. And we got some great ones this today this today uh okay so first is up from barbara barbara says confession on the few occasions i have had to get dressed i have taken to putting my clothes over my pajamas (laughs) 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 superman does it funny yeah you just look like a scarecrow walking around (laughs) (laughs) that's so good i love that uh okay next from nora Nora says, I started having conversations with Siri just to get a response. The conversations with my cat gets a bit one-sided after a while. I even say goodnight. 
<laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, I set up this great thing on my uh, little Google Echo. I, I'm not going to say her name because she'll talk to me. Uh, <laughs> and... It, that I can do, I can do a red alert from Star Trek. So whoop, whoop, whoop. It's awesome, <laughs> and I'll just, I'll just do it randomly. It freaks the cats out. The dog's like, "What the fuck?" And, uh, and you know, then I'll have to cancel red alert. Uh, is the only so way to shut funny. it down. That's so yeah. funny. Have you seen the movie Her with Walking Phoenix? Uh, yes. So long time ago. Is that the one with the artificial intelligence yes. lady? Yes. He like falls yes. in love with his AI system. Yep. Very interesting. I recommend you watch that. It's yeah. on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, pretty cool. And it is really good. Yeah. And Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor. Yes, my God. All right, next from Rebecca. Rebecca says, confession, the only reason I took a shower today was so I don't smell when I get curbside pickup for dinner. And the only reason I got out of pajamas today is that I have to leave the apartment during my child's video therapy session. <laughs> nice. I think those are <laughs> those are worthy reasons. Who Who cares? Do whatever, live your life. We're all, we're all in this. We're all disgusting and in pajamas and unshowered. It's totally fine. I love that though. That's very considerate to your driver. That's really nice. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, okay, next and finally from Kelly. Kelly says, hello, ladies. Thank you for all that you do. You all keep me sane in these very trying times. I'm a speech and language pathologist and I work with three to five year olds with special needs. Part of our remote learning requirements is keeping a daily tracking log of work completed during working hours. We have been assured that the district will not collect these logs unless a parent decides to lawyer up after all this is over. With that in mind, at the beginning of this week, I decided to track everything I do during work hours for entertainment. This includes, but is not limited to, pooping, farting, picking my nose when my cat gets in and out of my lap, snacking, and burping. Turns out I poop more often than I thought I did. <laughs> poop emoji. This has made my days of sitting in front of a computer instead of showing a nonverbal child how to communicate a little more enjoyable. You've got to enjoy the little things. <laughs> nice that's so funny that's really cool that's a really incredible job too yeah yeah thank you kelly thank you everybody that sent those in um tweet at us your oh they're over they are over that's it Uh. oh (laughs) yeah but tweet at us uh if you got some at daily beans pod is that our handle sorry uh at daily beans pod yes perfect at Daily you got it. Pod. Cool. We love hearing them. Please keep sending them in. Have we thought of a theme for tomorrow night's cocktail hour meet and greet Ooh. thing? I've heard I've heard a uh Dr. Burke's scarf, like just wear a hundred scarves. I've heard. <laughs> That's funny. Uh where you just wear every scarf you have in the house. <laughs> And that's that's my favorite so far. That's my favorite so far because everyone has scarves, right? Yeah. Uh, except for, except for no neck Joe. Um, and then uh, I've heard a cheese and wine party. Uh, cheese in honor of Wisconsin voting uh, like gangbusters mm-hmm. um, during the pandemic when they shouldn't have had to do that when they shouldn't have had to risk their lives. So like a thank you, like a tip of the cap to a tip of the cheese yes. to Wisconsinites. To Sconies. Oh, uh, yeah, we could do that. Uh, if you have an idea, hit us up at Daily Beans Pot or at Muller She Wrote. Let us know what you think the theme should be. We have we're open to suggestions. We're gonna send the theme out around 
lunchtime on Friday to our patrons, to your email that you signed up for Patreon with. If you're not a patron, you can become one. You're a premium member for three bucks a month, and you get access to these cocktail meet and greets, live meet and greets, advanced ticket sales when we go back out on the road after all this is over. You get our newsletter with all of my research notes. Um, I do cite all my sources, uh, except for my beans, obviously. And um, <laughs> what? Ad-free episodes, and you get them the night before everyone else gets them, the episodes. So lots of bonus content, too. I, I do uh, readings of Shel Silverstein poems. <laughs> so, yes. you know, just all sorts of neat stuff. And it's only three bucks a month. I think it's worth it. Uh, but I understand a lot of people can't afford that right now. So uh, no worries whatsoever. But thanks to everyone who can because you're, you're keeping us afloat. So we appreciate it. Any Definitely. final thoughts, Jordan? Um, not really. I know. Um, oh, I have some good news. I don't want to name their name because I, I didn't ask them if I could talk about this on the air. But one of our patrons who is a dear friend of the pod has been struggling with being sick and like you know all these doctors saying different things and stuff and she wasn't able to keep any food down for a while and yesterday she was able to keep food down crackers and soup that is good news oh excellent i want to throw that in there and i love crackers and soup yes is a perfect meal uh but that's good i had some spaghettios to earlier today <laughs> oh, delicious. i love that it's just an alternative form of like Chef Boyardee ravioli, isn't it? Well, I guess there's no cheese in oh, meat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -mm. Oh my god, I love SpaghettiOs. Mm -hmm. You should get some. It's worth it. Oh, that's so fun. Yes, and they're always just stuck to kids' cheeks. Not No one kid has successfully eaten them without them being plastered to their face. <laughs> <laughs> Me included. Because <laughs> I do this thing where I have to get, um, where I have to get Lay's original potato chips and i dip the chip into the the o's Ooh. the bis the biscotti o's and eat it like salsa <laughs> it's delicious oh i love that all right well we better get out of here um thank you so much everybody for again all that you do we'll see you tomorrow at the cocktail happy hour or later today depending on when you're listening to this or yesterday maybe you know maybe it was yesterday and you missed it or you were there and hi hi again um time is relative so i will see you all everyone please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of your mental health and take care of the planet i've been ag i've been jordan coburn and them's the beans the daily beans is executive produced and directed by ag and jordan coburn and engineered and edited by mackenzie mazell and starburns industries our marketing manager executive assistant production and social media direction is amanda reader fact checking and research by ag jordan coburn and amanda reader our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>